Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning and welcome to Sleep Country Canada's Financial Results Conference call for the third quarter ended September 30th, 2020. We will begin today's call with management discussion, followed by a question and answer period open to investors and financial analysts. For your convenience, the third quarter earnings release, financial statements, and management discussion and analysis are available on the investor relations section of the company's website at sleepcountry.ca. They are also available on CDAR. The results were released yesterday after market close. Please note that the remarks on this conference may contain forward-looking statements about Sleep Country Canada's current and future plans, expectations, intentions, results, levels of activity, performance goals or achievements, or any other future events or developments. Forward-looking statements are based on information currently available to management and on the investments and assumptions based on factors that management believes are appropriate and reasonable in the circumstances. However, there can be no assurance that such estimates and assumptions will prove to be correct. Many factors could cause actual results, levels of activity, performance achievements, future events or developments to differ materially from those expressed or implied by the forward-looking statement. As a result, Sleep Country Canada cannot guarantee that any forward-looking statements will materialize and you are cautioned not to place undue reliance on these forward-looking statements. Except as may be required by law, Sleep Country Canada has no obligation to update or revise any forward-looking statements, whether as a result of new information, future events, or otherwise. For additional information on these assumptions and risks, please consult the cautionary statement regarding the forward-looking information contained in the company's MD&A dated November 9, 2020, available on cedar.com. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. If you require any further assistance, please press star zero. I would now like to turn the conference over to Mr. David Friesmar. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us. With me today are Stuart Schaefer, our Chief Business Development Officer, and Craig DePrado, our Chief Financial Officer. We are very proud to announce our third quarter of this year which was truly an exceptional one on multiple fronts. This quarter delivered all-time records in revenue, which is up 15.4%, net income, which grew by 50%, and diluted earnings per share, which grew by 50%, from 60 cents to 90 cents. On top of that, 
we were able to expand our gross profit and operating EBITDA margins as well. These tremendous results showcase the strength, flexibility, and resiliency of the powerful ecosystem we have been planning and building over these last few years. In these uncertain times, coupled with an evolving consumer and retail landscape, our omnichannel infrastructure has stood the ultimate test of time as we have proven that we are strategically well positioned to take greater market share now and for years to come. With our physical store network open for the entire quarter, including our four new store locations, we were delighted to welcome our, back our customers face-to-face while continuing our best-in-class e-commerce service. Same-store sales increased by 15, 14.5% in the quarter, and our e-commerce performance continued its explosive triple-digit growth trajectory across all of our Sleep Country, Dormevu, and ND websites. With this quarter's record results, we are thrilled to share that our e-commerce channels generated over 18% of our third quarter revenue. We have never felt more optimistic about the power of our strategy, strength of our network, and relevance of our brands. Through the evolution of our Sleep Well, Stay Well digital and traditional advertising campaigns, we are connecting with loyal and new customers. Our our team continues to do a fantastic job leveraging our share of voice to further grow share of heart with Canadians. Store conversion was meaningfully up in the quarter as customers visited our channels with clear purchase intent. In fact, our mattress assortment saw 15% sales growth driven by strong unit growth across all price bands and sleep accessories sales grew 17.1%. We are encouraged by our customers' response, which clearly highlight that Canadians are choosing us over others as trusted partners in achieving their best night's sleep. Our channel agnostic approach and dedication to a superior customer experience further differentiates us from peers. Our 280 stores offer a safe, low-traffic destination for our customers to receive personalized service. Increasing numbers of customers choose to connect with our sleep experts via web chat or phone, and still others are choosing to transact via our seamless Endy, Sleep Country, and Dormevu websites. However, However customers choose to shop, we are here for them. I'm also excited to share that we continue to advance our partnership strategy alongside premier international sleep brands. During the quarter, we announced an exclusive distribution partnership with leading sleep innovation brand Maloof, which brings their stylish and modern sleep products to Canadians exclusively through our stores and websites. Subsequent to quarter end, we also shared our exclusive partnership with Purple Innovation, a leader in comfort and the creator of the renowned Purple Mattress. Since exploding on the scene in 2015, Purple has won accolades, including racking up more than 1 billion views of its bold and entertaining marketing campaigns. These partnerships strengthen our position as Canada's destination with the most innovative sleep solutions from around the world. We closed the quarter on a note of financial agility with a strong cash position of $54 million and a further $144 million in liquidity under our credit agreement. Bolstered by this quarter's record growth, our board was also proud to announce the following. One, reinstate the dividend to 100% pre-COVID levels at 19.5 cents per share. Two, reinstate the NCIB program. Three, restore NEO and board compensation, including the payments deferred previously. We are pleased to have the financial strength to continue meaningfully rewarding our valued shareholders while simultaneously investing in the long-term prosperity of our business. Throughout the pandemic, we have highlighted our five priorities. One, keep our employees safe. 
Two, continued serving our customers' needs. Three, support local communities. Four, maintain business continuity alongside partners and landlords. And five, ensure the long-term prosperity of our company and shareholder values. These have not changed. We remain laser focused on executing against these priorities as we continue to chart our course through the pandemic. With our tremendous results this quarter, we are optimistic that our growth trajectory will continue and allow us to meet these priorities with agility. Craig, I now turn the conversation over to you to discuss our financials. Thank you, Dave, and good morning, everyone. I would like to reiterate that we are extremely pleased with our Q3 record results. These results have surpassed our expectations and continue to, to, to demonstrate the resilience of our business through difficult times. Both our retail store network as well as our e-commerce platforms performed well, showing positive growth quarter over quarter, thereby validating the success of our ongoing invest, investment in, in our omni-channel infrastructure. In Q3, we continue to experience positive revenue growth, similar to what we had experienced prior to the onset of the pandemic in March 2020. We have been able to manage our business with flexibility throughout this pandemic, which is a testament to our highly variable cost model, which allows us to scale up and scale down our expenses as required, thereby providing us with financial agility. Now on to some of the quarter's highlights. Let's begin with revenue. In the third quarter, our revenues increased by 32.4 million, or 15.4%, from 210 million in Q3 2019 to 242.4 million in Q3 2020. This increase in revenue is mainly driven by a 14.5% increase in same-store sales, four new stores that opened in July 2020, and our wrap stores. Mattress revenue increased by $25 million from $166.7 million in Q3 2019 to $191.7 million in Q3 2020. Accessories re revenues increased by $7.4 million from $43.3 million in Q3 2019 to $50.7 million in Q3 2020. During the third quarter, gross profit increased by $12.6 million from $71.6 million in Q3 2019 to $84.2 million in Q3 2020. Our gross profit margin increased by 0.6% from 34.1% in Q3 2019 to 34.7% in Q3 2020. This margin increase was primar primarily due to us leveraging our fixed distribution, occupancy and depreciation, as well as compensation costs, while also lowering commission costs due to the shift in earned revenues from our retail stores and our e-commerce platforms. These efficiencies were partially offset by lower rebates and investment in personal protective equipment purchased to ensure uh, the safety of our customers and associates as a result of COVID-19 pandemic. Moving on, from our, moving on to our G&A expenses, our G&A expenses for the quarter decreased by 2.1 million or 5.9% from 36.6 million in Q3 2019 to 34.5 million in Q3 2020. As a percentage of revenue, G&A expenses decreased from 17.4% in Q3 2019 to 14.2% .2 in Q3 2020. The decrease in G&A was largely due to the decrease in our media and advertising expenses, expenses which decreased during the quarter by $3.8 million. Additionally, during the quarter, we continued to shift some of our Q3 advertising spend from traditional channels towards digital to drive continued e-commerce growth. Moving on from G&A, our Q3 operating EBITDA increased by 15.7 million, or 31.8% from 49.6 million, or 23.6% of revenue in Q3 2019 
to 65.3 million or 26.9% of revenue in Q3 2020. This increase was primarily due to strong revenue growth in Q3 2020, combined with improved gross profit margin, a, decre- a decrease in G&A expenses, as well as the favorable impact from adjustments related to non-recurring ERP implementation costs and share-based compensation expenses. Finance-related expenses increased by 0.1 million from 5.3 million in Q3 2019 to 5.4 million in Q3 2020. Our Q3 net income increased by 10.7 million, or 50%, from 21.5 million in Q3 2019 to 32.2 million in Q3 2020. This significant increase in our net income was driven not only by the increase in our revenues, but our additional focus on cost controls, both in cost of sales and G&A. Our adjusted net income increased by 11 million, or 49.2%, from 22.4 million in Q3 2019 to 33.4 million in Q3 2020. Adjusted diluted earnings per share increased by 30 cents, or 50%, from 60 cents per share in Q3 2019 to 90 cents per share in Q3 2020. On a year-to-date basis, we, incre- we experienced a net increase in cash of 10.7 million. Net cash flows provided by operating activities year-to-date, 2020 was 123.3 million, and cash flows used in investing activities were 9.1 million, and cash flows used for financing activities were 103.5 million. As mentioned previously, our cash position at the end of Q3 2020 was 54.8 million, compared to 48 million in the same period of the last year. In addition, as at September 30th, 2020, we added 144 million in liquidity available under our company's credit facility. During the quarter, we repaid $60 million towards our long-term debt, reducing our debt balance from 175.8 million as of September 30th, 2019 to 115 million as of September 30th, 2020. We are pleased to have a reduced we have to have reduced our net debt position on our senior secured, uh, senior secured credit facility on a year-over-year basis by 66.8 million dollars. As the current environment evolves, the company continues to monitor monitor its operations as well evaluate the risks and uncertainties associated with the pandemic and the impact on the business. Accordingly, in May 2020, the decision was made to temporarily suspend the dividend payment, the NCIB program as well defer the cash portion of board compensation and the deferral of 25 to 50% of NEO-based salaries. On November 9, 2020, the board approved and restored the company's dividend, in addition to declaring a 19.5 cent per share dividend on the company's common shares, which is consistent with our, pre, uh, our pre-dividend pre or pre-COVID-19. Additionally, the board reinstated the NCIV program, which provides us the option to purchase common shares for cancellation. While the company does not intend on making any purchases under the NCIB at this time, we believe it is prudent to retain access to the program in the event we do see compression in our multiple or the macro environment creates an opportunity for us to purchase shares. Finally, the board reinstated all cash compensation to the NEO and to the board, in addition to approving the payment of all amounts previously deferred. Going through through these unprecedented times, we attribute overall success to a multiple of factors, including the commitment, hard work, and quick action from our associates, partners, and vendors. We look forward to sharing additional updates with you on that front in the coming months. That completes my overview of our financial results. Back over to you, Dave, for closing remarks. Thanks, Craig. In closing, 
It is gratifying to see that even in these most uncertain of times, Canadians continue to choose Sleep Country, Dormez-vous, and Endy. We have built trust with Canadians over the past 26 years by consistently delivering superior experience, knowledgeable service, and quality sleep solutions. We are pleased to see loyal and new customers repeatedly turning to our family of brands as trusted partners in achieving their best night's sleep. From safe in-person visits with associates at one of our 280 stores, to connecting with our sleep experts via web chat or phone, to quick and convenient self-serve shopping across our Endy, Dormez-vous, and Sleep Country websites, our seamless omni-channel infrastructure is serving Canadians however they choose to shop. Today, more than ever, we are proud of our extraordinary culture and team. I am pleased to share that in Q3, Andy was certified as a great place to work, matching Sleep Country certification earlier this year. This award is always an honor and is true testament to the positive collaboration and innovative spirit that characterizes our family of brands. On the topic of team, I would like to again welcome Mandeep Chala to Sleep Country's Board of Directors. Mandeep is a respected finance executive with over 20 years of experience in large and complex organizations and is currently the Chief Financial Officer of Celestica Inc. His strategic leadership and extensive background in business, technology, and innovation will serve the board, the company, and all of our stakeholders well as we execute our strategy and grow Sleep Country together. Looking ahead to the final months of 2020 and beyond, we remain committed to expanding our leading market share position, delivering profitable growth, and building value for our customers, employees, communities, and shareholders. Bolstered by, bolstered by our omni-channel infrastructure, financial flexibility, stable supply chain, and exceptional employees, we are confident that our family of brands will build on the tremendous results achieved this quarter. With that, we conclude our remarks and open the floor for questions. As a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star one on your telephone. To withdraw your question, Press the pound or hash key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. The first question comes from Martin Landry of Stifel GMP. Your line is open. Good morning, Martin. Hi. Good morning, everyone, and uh, congratulations on an impressive quarter. Um, my first question is on your organic growth rate. Um, it's it's impressive and it's one of the highest in recent years. And um, the question that most are are trying to figure out is how much pull forward of demand are are we seeing right now due to COVID and, and staycation? Uh, I, I'd be curious to hear your views on that. Well, I think when you uh, I think when you look at our our business, I think we are in Q3 particularly. I think we we believe very comfortably that we took market share. We also believe that there was some pent-up demand because of, you know, Q2 closures. And we also do think that people are investing more in their house uh, at the moment, and some of that could be pulled forward. Being able to really quantify that is not possible. And uh, we will continue to do our best to understand it, and we'll continue to do our best to continue to take market share as we move forward. So, you know, we think that we're really winning very nicely right now. Um, and uh, we are, our plans are, and our marketing plans and our growth plans are going to continue to push towards that same outcome in the future. But it is hard for us to com- understand how much of it's pulled forward. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, and and so so the industry is doing well. Um, and 
wondering how how is the competitive and and promotional environment right now? Um, you know, what, what's your approach uh, from a, from a discounting standpoint? Are you are you slowing down promotional activities right now, or, or not at all? Well, as you as you know, we're in a very promotional industry, and we're leading up to um, Black Friday, which is a very promotional time in a promotional industry. And uh, we, you know, in a lot of ways, we're seeing the market react very similarly to how it's always been. And you know, we really expanded our messaging uh, to talk, you know, even more about sleep and being well, sleep well and stay well. But as part of that, we are also going to be promotional to make sure that we're top of mind to come in today. Okay. And um, my, my last question is on on um, supply chain. Uh, you know, we've heard some industry participants talk about supply chain issues and, and difficulties accessing some some raw materials. Uh, are you seeing uh, longer lead times than usual from from some of your manufacturers at this point? And and, and is it having an impact at all? Uh, Stu's going to handle that. Stuart will handle that one. Good morning, Martin. How are you? Um, Good, thank you. Uh, the uh, so uh, uh, yes, we have seen some disruptions in our supply chain. Um, certain vendors uh, lead lead times have extended past one to two weeks. Um, but in general, the diversity of our uh, our collection on the floor has allowed our sales associates and our customers to be able to navigate and choose products that are readily available. We also um, geared up. Uh, in terms of our inventory uh, to be able to supply our our customers uh, so that we could get the goods out quickly. But uh, nothing that we believe has been detrimental to our business. Okay. That's it for me. Thank you. Thanks, Martin. Your next question comes from Mass Bank of CIBC. Your line is open. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. Uh, could you share anything in terms of how sales trended through the quarter and comment on your momentum entering entering Q4? Uh, I would say that the quarter was very strong from beginning to end, um, and uh, there was no. Uh, we we probably did feel a little bit of a um, lesser written business near the end of August, simply because we you know normally back to school is very big time for us. Uh, and you know that obviously didn't happen to the greatest extent this year, but um, uh, but that was a very small period of time, and um, and uh, uh, it came back nicely. Okay, and um, the the e-commerce growth you reported, and the or the, the e-commerce and the penetration numbers that you reported, seems to imply that in-store sales were up year over year. So that's I mean that's that's an impressive number considering traffic traffic was was obviously down. So, I mean, you did talk about higher conversion, but maybe can you just add a little bit more in terms of how you were able to get um, in-store sales up? Well, we first of all, we were um, we were happy with our business across all of our channels. And so you're right, we were happy with stores. Um, you know, I think traffic was down into our stores, uh, which is not surprising. The And it was down for a couple of reasons. One, it was, it was up in our other channels. It was up in our website. So that was part, there was a shift there. Um, but it was also because I think people were doing a couple of different things. We noticed very much so that families weren't coming into shop like they used to. Uh, so sometimes it would just be the couple instead of the kids, and you know, and that would change our traffic numbers. And secondarily, 
um, also people were very intent on purchasing. So when they came in, you know, very likely they weren't going to come back and visit us on the weekend to finalize the transaction. So it was happening much more. Uh, so our conversion was up nicely. Um, you know, we were surprised at how quickly customers came back to our stores after we reopened them, and we continued to be happy with it. You know, we are being a uh, specialty retailer gives us a safe environment, and I think we've been hearing back from our customers that they're appreciative of that and that they do feel safe. Okay, and um, could you add a little bit more detail on this on this Purple partnership? So, you know, how the how the relationship works, Purple. Um, as far as I can tell, has been selling, you know, directly within Canada for some time, and 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 has spent quite a bit advertising in this in this market. How does the how does the split of kind of responsibilities um, evolve? So we're very excited about this relationship with Purple. We've been chatting with them since 2018, and uh, as you noted, they're already in the Canadian market and fabulous marketers and. Uh, Two, two big requ requirements that we look for when we're uh, choosing our partners is, A, that the product is innovative, and so we encourage people to come in and lay down on the purple, their, their famous purple grid. It definitely is a different feel of other mattresses that we carry. And, B, um, their advertising, which has been fabulous. I mean, they're, they're very creative in terms of the advertising. So this relationship is a 100% exclusive relationship both in-store and online. Uh, the uh, the beds have been rolling out over the past two weeks, and this is pretty much the official day that we're launching the product within store, and advertising campaigns will follow, um, as well as our online uh, relationship with them. There will be a new site that we'll be launching, uh, hopefully within the next few days, uh, that will be powered by Sleep Country, but managed by our friends at Purple. So they will manage all the creative and the digital expertise, and we are the back-end logistics uh, uh, in terms of the partnership. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Your next question comes from Patricia Baker of Scotiabank. Your line is open. Good morning, uh, thank Patricia. You. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, you referenced the fact that you that Sleep Country takes a channel agnostic approach uh, to uh, um, you know where the customer shops. I'd like to explore that a little bit more, particularly in the uh, uh, context uh, of the fact that you had an 18.1% penetration in Q3, which is probably a number that if we we asked you this time last year, you would have given a number that was below that. So just thinking about your capability and capacity. Uh, there, sort of, what, 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 um, at currently how it stands, how much, uh, how high a penetration could you accommodate with your existing infrastructure? Number one, number two, do you take a philosophy that you're going to let the market determine what that penetration will be over time? And then thirdly, what kind of experience do you have in the digital channel when you open a store in a new market? Um, good morning, Patricia. So let me start by saying we are very excited about the growth that we're seeing across all channels in terms of our e-commerce. And these are really unique times because a lot of the testing um, that we were hoping to experience over the next year has been happening in, in hyperspeed over the last three months. Interesting mm -hmm. for us to watch the journey of our customer um, and to to you highlighting the, the term we use, channel agnostic. The, where the journey begins online, 
where it may continue as we watch our customers come into our stores and possibly transact in our stores or as they leave the stores transact afterwards. And that has definitely changed our perspective in terms of how we advertise, our shift of advertising as we move more towards digital because we've been known for many uh, years as a traditional marketer. And that has definitely been a wonderful um, learning experience for us, as well as these partners that we've created between Simba and Purple and others that we are talking to, to be able to learn from their fabulous digital experience. On top of that, obviously, the ND team is best in class in Canada. We believe they are the leaders in this space. So with that fabulous team and all the experience that they have, we've gone through in three months probably what we expected to learn over the next year. In terms of the overall market, uh, the market will dictate um, or the consumer will dictate directionally how they want to shop. To Dave's point, it was quite amazing to see how quickly customers came back into our stores during this, this pandemic. We put a lot of uh, of uh, precautionary uh, things in place so that our customers were safe. But we also were very surprised to see them returning in droves. So uh, I think everyone knows in retail that uh, the, the uh, COVID has accelerated the need for e-commerce. But for us, at the end of the day, the customer is going to choose how they want to shop, when they want to shop, and when they want to, when they want to transact. Does that answer hey, your question, Patricia? Yeah, very, very helpful. Just one specific thing, Stuart, and maybe it's difficult to answer this, but your current inf infrastructure could support a, a higher, a, certainly a much higher penetration than the exceptional one that we saw in Q3. Uh, yes. We're, keep in mind, we are in very early days of our, our digital evolution um, of our business. Um, to remind uh, everyone, we launched e-commerce a full digital transactional website uh, for Sleep Country and Dormevu uh, a year ago, November. And mm -hmm. the the acceleration in such a short period of time, the team has done such an amazing job. And we're gearing up and building out that team to match the growth that we're seeing. Uh, I will say that the one area that, uh, that we felt a little stress, which is a wonderful stress to feel, is not only did our business grow by uh, north of 15% this quarter, but our units grew over 20%. So if anything, we've had a little bit of stress operationally, which we are adjusting right now as we speak and planning for the future. So to answer your question, yes, we have lots of room to grow in terms of capacity, and these are still very, very early days. Okay, excellent. Thanks for that overview, Stuart. My pleasure. Thank you, Patricia. Your next question comes from Stephen McLeod of BMO Capital Markets. The line is open. Good morning, Stephen. Uh, thank you. Morning, Dave. Morning, guys. Uh, congratulations on a uh, nice snapback quarter. Um, I just uh, just thought you gave, you've given a lot of great color, so thank you. Um, but I just wanted to follow up on a couple of things. Um, is there any way you can just give a little bit of sense as to as to how? Um, sales trended exiting the quarter and into Q4? I mean, I know you don't give guidance, but I'm just curious if you can give a little bit of sense around momentum. I get, well, I, I, I kind of 
talked a bit about it earlier, but we were uh, we only felt that growth had been going down a little bit during the back to school season, but then for after that it came right back up to the last day of the quarter. Okay, okay, that's uh, that's great. Thank you. Um, is there any way you can quantify a little bit, uh, sort of what what bricks and mortar in store sales looked like in the quarter? I know you gave some incremental color around e-commerce, but just wondering if you can give a little bit of directional indication around in-store sales. Again, we were, when you look at our channels across, they all perform very well. I mean, Stuart kind of was addressing the digital on the last comment, but, uh, yeah. you know, when we look, not only did our existing stores perform well, but we opened a new region of London and it performed well. So not London, I'm sorry, um, Windsor, and it performed well. And so our store performance was great. And what we're seeing is uh, when you put all of our channels together, Stuart was talking about increase in units. The nice thing about it is our increase in units below 1,000 was very nice, which is something we're happy about. And when you look at our other higher price bands, they were strong too. So we don't feel like we were trading down at all. We think that we were really hitting it in the sweet spot as far as customer selection on all of our channels. Uh, and I'll add, Stephen, that the only thing that we might have seen in our stores that was a little bit different was the walk-by traffic um, that that uh, um, uh, that appeals to our accessory part of our business. So we are definitely a destination shop, there's no question, but there is a component to our business within our stores, especially within the downtown cores of Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver, where where everyone knows that traffic is down substantially, so that additional um, impulse walk-by traffic for a pillow uh, or a sheet set was down a little bit in those regions, except our e-commerce more than uh, uh, covered that, as as Dave mentioned in our our numbers, that our uh, accessories were up over 17% for the quarter. Right. Okay, that's uh, that's great. Um, just looking at the ad spend outlook, I mean, I know your your media spend has changed a lot over the last uh, you know twelve months and even further than that. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you expect that to ramp back up and and how you think about the uh, you know the digital versus traditional uh, media and ad spend? Craig, did you want to just talk about uh, our yeah level? yeah no for sure. Um, I'll give some color just on kind of how we see that spend, uh, you know, flowing through and some of the shifts we have seen. And then maybe if uh, Stu wants to add some additional color, he can. Um, you know, through the quarter, we did see some rate efficiencies in some of the marketing channels that rolled out of Q2. So we did have some better pricing on some of our marketing investments through, you know, channels like, you know, TV um, and, and radio. Um, and so we did see some efficiencies there, uh, as well as the ND business did see you know, some shift more towards digital and a less of, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, on, on, on street or, uh, you know, uh, out of house, uh, uh, marketing. Um, so we did see a shift down there as we roll into Q4, we still think that we will end the year, you know, similar into the range of, uh, percentage of sales for Q4 that we would have last year. Um, we do think that where we have seen the, the marketing rates start to uh, come back to more normal levels uh, to what we were seeing pre-COVID, um, but we are seeing a shift, uh, you know, more towards digital. And I'll maybe pass it over to Stu if he wants to add any color as to the strategy around uh, the shift uh, a little bit more from that traditional uh, into, into digital as we continue to, uh, you know, grow our e-commerce sales. 
the, the only thing I'll add is that uh, obviously we're watching the consumers' patterns and habits uh, very closely. Um, as I mentioned before, the downtown cores of all major metropolitan cities uh, in Canada, uh, people are not traveling their in their cars as much as they have before. So um, as this pandemic uh, shifts and hopefully one day comes to an end, uh, the patterns and the, and the habits of, uh, of consumers may change back to what they were or to or maybe uh, never to the same extent. So that will definitely play on our positioning around radio, television, and digital. But I will say that uh, digital has definitely been very transactional, clear analytics in terms of give and manage our business and a wonderful way for us to test a lot of our, our ad spend and, and creativity to see what works and what doesn't work. So I would, I would suspect that over the coming year that we will continue down the path of growing our digital exposure. Okay, that's great. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. You too, Steve. Your next question comes from Vishal Shridhar of National Bank. Your line is open. Hi, uh, thanks for taking. Hi, uh, thanks for taking my questions on the um, on the insights that you've gained from COVID nineteen as you've gone through this, uh, you know, uh, tumultuous kind of period. I'm wondering if there's any customer behaviors that you think will be more sticky, and as a result, you may change your approach in in future quarters. I'm thinking about perhaps the mix between investments and online and in-store or perhaps mall-based stores, something of that nature. You've, you've already given some indications. Yeah, I would, I would say that generally speaking, we will continue to assess the data as it comes in on a daily basis. Um, I will say that in the early days, as we've already said on the call, we were surprised at how quickly people came back to the stores. You know, when, during the heart of the, when the store closure was happening in early days, people thought that, um, you know, retail was done for. I and mean, that was some of the commentary that was made. The bricks and mortar retail, excuse me. And, and certainly we haven't seen that. Um, but we will continue to evaluate where we invest our money to get the most value out of it. But right now, we're, we're very excited that we are everywhere the customer wants to be in a very strong way. And we're going to continue to you know, push all of those channels because there's more customers in all of them that we can gather. Stuart, did you want I to will add that? Yeah, I was I was going to add that the one thing that did come out of this is definitely a higher awareness around health and wellness, and we are really well positioned because sleep is a huge component of that. And as trends continue, even out of this pandemic, the focus around health and wellness, I think, will continue to explode. And we are positioning ourselves very well in terms of our marketing campaigns, our internal initiatives, the culture within our organization, as well as the message that we will share with Canadians over the coming months. Okay, uh, thank you for that. And, um, you know, uh, Sleep Country, obviously, you indicated that it gained market share in this quarter, but that's been a, a consistent comment um, for Sleep Country through the years in terms of its market share gains. Wondering if, um, uh, which is obviously an impressive, uh, impressive statistic, wondering if, if Sleep Country is looking at the market and thinking there's uh, opportunity for th further acquisitions, either here in Canada or abroad. So first of all, let's. Uh, I just want to be very clear on something. Market share is a lagging indicator, so we won't have a really good understanding of 
what happened to our market share until you know the StatsCan numbers and other data is is out. Um, but every indication we have through this period is that we're regaining share. So I just want to make sure we're very clear on that and not at all uh, being uh, opaque there. Um, having said that, now to answer your question, um, we still think there's a lot of market share to gain in Canada, and we're going to continue to focus on that. But we are also looking at another. I think I think we've shown, especially over the last 18 months or so, that. We are a very agile organization as far as adding partnerships, as far as adding channels, and we're going to continue to do that. And if an acquisition is something that uh, makes sense in the future, we would take it in in Canada or we would consider outside of Canada as well. Thank you. Your next question comes from Megan Annette of TD Securities. Your line is open. Good morning, Megan. Thanks. Good morning. Uh, just a couple of follow-up questions. Uh, so going back to the uh, median advertising spend, just wondering if you can talk about what kind of returns you're seeing um, from the focus on digital advertising relative to traditional. Are you asking in terms of our OS uh, on our spend, Megan? Yes. Or specifically, uh, so we don't... Um, uh, for, for competitive reasons, we don't uh, uh, um, share that. I will say, though, um, uh, unlike a traditional D2C player where the ROAS is very clear in terms of uh, the digital spend and the acquisition online, the based on the fact of where we are and where we spend uh, across all channels, um, the return, as you could see, based on our numbers this quarter was, was quite exceptional. So, uh, if anything, what we've definitely seen over the last uh, um, three months, six months, as we enter into our a uh, little bit more into our digital arena, the 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 um, agility of our business to be able to shift and change uh, our ad spend to see what's working and what's not working is definitely a lot more efficient than some of the um, uh, TV or radio that we put in that has to be put into market with huge production costs um, and uh, longer lead time. So I think uh, the agility of our business will be a lot more effective as we move forward um, as we experiment more and more in the digital area. Does that answer and your question? A, that's perfect. Thank you. And uh, just a little, another little follow-up on the digital growth. So. Just looking at the the partnerships that you've been undertaking um, over the last call it year or so, um, what's been the contribution there on the digital side? How does that factor into this triple digit growth of it all? We don't break down um, uh, 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 any of our channels, but I will say that it is uh, clearly it's added uh, in terms of our entire ecosystem, which is uh, important. But what's more interesting and, and, and what we hope the markets are paying attention to is the uh, customer segmentations that it's expanding into. Walmart has done a fabulous job for us in terms of exposing us to one level of customer segmentation. Um, uh, our own website has done something differently. Also, I will tell you that transactionally online, uh, one of the resurgence of our, of our below $1,000 price point uh, which is a very important part of our business, has definitely been aided by that uh, our Sleep Country Dormivu website. 
And the Simbas and the purple also appeal to a different type of customer segmentation. So uh, I, I, I would say that has been one of the biggest um, benefits as we expand our brand throughout the entire Canadian landscape. And uh, by the way, the only thing I would add to that is, uh, Stu, you just you just didn't mention Endy, and Endy is just oh, another. Um, uh, uh, it, you, no, I know uh, Endy is just another great example of customer segmentation differences that are driving more and more people to a, you know one of our channels. That's great. Thank you very much. Our pleasure. Your next question comes from Sabahat Khan of RBC Capital Market. Your line is open. Good morning. Sabahat? I, sorry, I think I was you. on oh, Sorry, I was on go. mute there. Good morning. Okay. Um, Good morning. I guess just a strong e-commerce penetration during the quarter. You know, I guess what's your outlook as we head into next year and as we think about you know, some of the savings that you realized a little bit on the, the headcount or, you know, wages in store. Now, do you expect this to maybe moderate at a somewhat lower level and maybe even then you can still see some savings on the store? So I'm just trying to think, you know, how you balance out your costs in store versus continuing to invest on the e-commerce side or we'll call it over the next 12 to 24 months. Well, I would say that uh, we certainly don't plan to grow our business by saving money in the stores. I mean, our sales associates add a level of expertise and value to our consumers, and we want, and that is something that has been a hallmark of our success and will continue to be. A, I mean, we're very excited that over 18% of our business is done online, but don't forget that means that uh, my math is, is just under 82% is done in our stores. And so, uh, you know, and, and we, don't, we don't see that changing dramatically over time. I mean, it may, but... We want to make sure that we have the best offerings in every area. You know, we did experience some marketing savings in Q3 based upon the market and in Q2, uh, but we're also seeing some other expenses on the other side with PP&E and so on. You know, um, we're very excited about selling more mattresses, especially at below $1,000, but let's not forget that it costs the same amount to deliver an $800 mattress as it does a $2,000 mattress. So we're, there's a lot of puts and takes. But we're excited about where we're going because we're, we feel we're gaining share, and we certainly are gaining revenue growth and unit growth. Okay, thanks. And then I know there's quite a bit of discussion on the advertising spend, and Craig provided a little bit of color for the expect, expectation for Q4. As we head into 2021, should we expect the spend to normalize perhaps on a percentage basis versus what it was pre-COVID. It looks like you guys saved a bit of money there over the course of the first three quarters here. I'm just trying to get an idea for next year. So, so interestingly enough, um, we'll, ha we'll have to give you more color on this when the year is over because we don't know how it's going to end. But if we go back in history, what we had said was that, that by the end of this year, we kind of felt that the run rate for our marketing spend for both Sleep Country, Dormevu, as well as Endy would be more stable. Like we would be at that point because over the last few years, we've been ramping up at Sleep Country as well as at Endy. Um, and so we, and we don't feel it's going to be that far off of that, even though we're in a pandemic year. But we'll have to give more color on that uh, once the year is final. Okay. And then um, I guess. Just a housekeeping item, you know, we have a model here for the ND or not to be paid on in Q1 of next year. I'm not sure if you provide any color over the recent while that I may have missed, but is that still on track for, I think the initial indication was, I guess, early uh, 2021 for that. Is that still the idea that it will be Q1 or Q2? 
Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so um sorry, Craig, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to confirm. Yeah, we um it's it's still on track. Uh, you know, as a reminder, we did uh, bump up the accretion uh last quarter and uh it would be paid out in uh, in quarter 1. From okay. a cash flow perspective. Great. And then just uh, one last one for me. I know you guys don't talk a lot about specific brands, but can you maybe give progress on an ND likely benefit over the recent period? But since the acquisition, you know, how has that come along and maybe the outlook for that platform as you kind of look forward, just thinking in terms of any further investment or any other major changes you're looking to make there, given uh, the e-commerce shift for consumers over the last little while? I'm sorry, um, Sabhat, are you talking about ND? I just didn't uh, hear yeah, that. ND. Oh, yeah, okay. ND. By the way, Endy is um, was doing very well prior to the pandemic, and they have they have really taken the opportunity of the pandemic. I mean, I'm sorry to, to say it that way, but these are hardships for all of us. But they have performed exceptionally well through it. The team there is um, is on point and doing very well. Um, you know, they've also seen increases in units. Of course, they're a growing business during a time when supply chain is is challenging, and they've managed exceptionally well through that. And we'll continue to invest in them, and they will continue to invest in themselves as they grow. And we're just very, very pleased with the growth there, as well as the opportunities in the future. Great. Thank you. Thank you. There are no further questions at this time. I'll turn the call back over to the presenters. Thank you very much, everyone. Um, as always, we look forward to uh, talking to you again at the end of uh, the next quarter. We hope you all stay safe, have an enjoyable end of the year, and thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.